You're listening to the Big Finish podcast, release date the 24th of October 2021. Not much further. Ridiculous planet. Really? I'm quite fond of it. Santaran intelligence identified this as a pointless backwater of little strategic purpose. It speaks very highly of you. I'm Benji Clifford, he's Nick Briggs, and we've got another action-packed podcast for you. Wow. Blatantly plugging the amazing audio drama that is Big Finish Productions. Wow. Uh, you know, you wouldn't expect anything less from us. But how about this? Our very special guest today is none other than the sixth doctor himself, Colin Baker. Hello, Colin. Hello. Here I am doing a podcast <laughs> with my new podcast voice. I hope it's going down well with you guys. It's amazing. (laughs) Superb. (laughs) Well, we'll be talking to Colin uh, later in the podcast. Do I have to keep up like this when I'm being talked to? Uh, I think it would be best if you did. (laughs) Then I will. As I will, we'll be talking to Colin about how he lovingly rescued a poor, lonely darling. That'll be later on. Following that, we'll be straight behind the scenes of River Song and her brand new series, New Recruits, starring the third Doctor, Liz Shaw, and the Brigadier. That's Alex Kingston and the gang, of course, and they will be here to tease and tantalise you. Hello, my name is Alex Kingston, and I play Professor River Song. As regular listeners might expect, hot on the heels of that, it'll be listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com. Then in our also-available segment, we pop back a week in time with The Third Doctor Adventures, the Devil's Hoof Prints by Rob Valentine. <laughs> it works. It works. And if I know my onions, and I certainly do, uh, the Randomoid Selectatron will once again be featuring, offering you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. You can start by telling me about your employer, the magician. And finally, we round things off with a free 15-minute drama tease of this month's tortured release, The Great Sontaran War by James Goss and starring Dan Starkey. I simply wish to know why you have imprisoned this creature. My pet is none of your business. <sighs> and relax. There we go. That's yeah, it. It's done yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, so, Colin, tell us about your, your Dalek. What? My Dalek? Well, yeah. my Dalek, it's a long story. Yeah, well, sorry, we've got the time. We, we uh, like long stories. Uh, shall I do it in my own voice? Well, <laughs> rather than <laughs> the podcast voice, <laughs> it's just I have been perfecting for weeks. <laughs> that last <laughs> section was behind, you know, exciting music. So we had to speak like this to go over it, you see. And so now I haven't got exciting music, no, is that what you're saying? It's really laid-back music now. Yeah, it's all okay. jazz piano. Okay, well, my Hotel Dalek, wine bar kind of vibe. Oh, well... Could I have another Campari, please? Okay, okay. my Dalek. You want to hear about my Dalek? Mm. Wind back a few months. I'm sitting in exactly this very tidy space I call my office. um, (laughs) And I get a phone call. The phone call is from my son-in-law, who is married to my oldest daughter, Lucy. And he says, they live quite near me. He said, I've just come up the M40. And my house can see the M40 heaven help us and he said I've seen a Dalek on the M40 I said what he <laughs> said on the hard shoulder or the soft shoulder because it's grass oh, yeah, uh, there is a Dalek just sitting there I said well thrown out of a car I said well it doesn't look like that because it's upright pointing 
whatever it has got stuck in the front of it uh, <laughs> at the motorway. I said, is it full size? Said, no, I don't think so. He said, I was travelling at speed, but nonetheless, it looked a little smaller than full size. So I felt obliged. I went, <laughs> I drove five miles to the junction with the M40, <laughs> drove up that section of the M40, slowed down, annoying the lorry behind me um, when I thought I was in the right place. And there, nestling in the grass, looking a bit shabby and forlorn, was a small, uh, two-foot Dalek. So, contrary to all advice about what to do on the motorway, I parked on the <laughs> hard shoulder, um, got out of my car, dodging the lorry, shaking his fist at me, um, walked across, picked up said Dalek, a little bronze-coloured item, Sons plunger, Sons egg whisk, Sons eye stalk, but everything else was there, and put him in the car, took him home, Gave him a thorough cleaning. Dirty Dalek. Dirty Dalek. What sort of cleaning uh, implements and fluid did you use? Well, uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd like to be inventive here, but you'll be amazed to hear it was a cloth and water. Oh, okay. <laughs> no detergents. Uh, yes, a little detergent, a little uh -huh. washing up liquid. I like to get these it, details straight. Well, it's important. It's yeah. very important it because I have discovered that Daleks are not allergic to washing up liquid. They are, folks. You know, and they might have been. That would have solved an awful lot of problems and put you out of a job. Well, quite. <laughs> <laughs> However, I cleaned him up. Then I went online. To, I don't know why I did this. You know, Why is the doctor rescuing a little Dalek? I suppose it looks like... A baby Dalek. Mm, and mm. my doctor has many qualities, but cruelty to baby Daleks is not one of them. Yeah. And I thought it's been it's been brought to my attention for a reason. And I, I I'm fed up with the politics of bellowing and shouting at each other. So maybe the doctor and the Daleks should adopt what the House of Commons clearly can't do, which is talk to each other in a civilized way. Ah, so yeah. I thought I'll talk to my little Dalek. Never answer me, rude little. <laughs> However, <laughs> I cleaned him up, I went online, and I looked to see if plungers and egg whisks and eye stalks were available. I managed to get the appropriate plunger for my little chap. Um, but all the other parts I couldn't get, so I am hoping that your listeners, uh, I will identify the Dalek in some way, perhaps by sending you a photograph of his bottom. <laughs> which has upon it his uh, registration number. And, oh, I see. Yeah, presumably. Yeah. Have you got it there to, to show it? Because I've seen it before, but Benji hasn't seen it. Here he is. I'm picking him up. No! Little chap. Oh, blimey. It's one of blimey. those, you see. God, that is quite the Dalek, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. To be sitting on the edge of a motorway and there's his bottom. <laughs> No batteries, no batteries. I wonder Ooh. if you put batteries in, it would work. Oh, mind you, you haven't got the ro remote control for it, have you? So, <laughs> no. no, it'll be pointless. And there's an RC off and on switch, and he is... Let me give you his registration number. CO Limited 2567289. PCRPT... Five six one seven two eight nine. Dalek character group licensed by the BBC, made in China. 
You can see he hasn't got his egg whisk, hasn't got his eye stalk. No. He's, he's missing a bubble or two. Oh, yes. Got, and you've got to have the bubble or two. <laughs> you've got to have the bubble or two. Uh, maybe we should have a competition to find out his name. What what should we call him? Yes, write in to podcast at bigfinish.com and uh, yeah. tell us what you think the name of Colin's poor lost Dalek is. And uh, maybe we'll rustle up a prize for you. Uh, something to do with Daleks, probably. Um, but also, yeah. if any of you know, uh, you know, how to, if you've got a spare eye stalk, it's the, it's the large remote control, isn't it, uh, Benji? It's the large remote control one, that? I'm going to do a little quick Google yeah. to see if there's an official title for such Daleks. I think it's the Doctor Who 12-inch radio control, darling. I no, think it's, no, it's bigger than 12-inch. bigger inch. than 12-inch, isn't it? It's yeah. the bigger one. It's the big boy. It's like the one we used um, to have in the big finish office. Do you remember? Because if it eight, is, my head is 6 inch? inches. Yes. If he's the 12-inch one, I've got a 6-inch head. No, I've got a 3-inch head. Maybe I have. <laughs> what? I'm just having a scale problem here now. But, yeah, it is the larger one, isn't it's it? It's the bigger it's one, the, isn't I've it? I've yeah. shown this to Benji. Yeah. And he thinks that is 12 inches. <laughs> what reading, does that say reading, about control life? life? Careful. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, well, there's loads of them, though. There's there's a 14-inch one, an 18-inch no. one. No. There's a 20... Is there a 20? It must be. Do you think that's 20? There's a lot of them. I don't know. Well, it's the, the larger one. It's it the, the biggest one, it was, clearly. It was the one that used to sort of interact independently and you could say commands at it. Importantly, it's the one that my son was terrified of. <laughs> <laughs> it's voice activated. That's what it is. That's the that's the phrase. I think, I think people are going to know what, what one is. The, yeah, they'll know what it is. Character options, Dalek So toys. please write in and we'll, uh, um, you know... If you've got I will tweet a, a picture of it. Yes. And what's your Twitter handle? Sawbones Hex. Yes, there we go. S-A-W-B-O-N-E-S-H-E-X. And if anybody still doesn't know why it's called that, do you know why it's called that, my yes, Twitter? Yes, I do. Good. Does Benji? Sawbones Doctor Yes. Hex. Yes. 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 There you go. Saw, Thank you. Bones is they, the they always used to call doctors Sawbones on ships. They did. Which is why Bones is in Star Trek. Star Trek. Why they call it Bones. It's a shortened version of Sawbones. I didn't I didn't know that. Wow. Oh, well, yeah. there you go. There you go. Yeah. So, well, Colin, uh, you, you could be in the money here because oh, yeah. I just had a little sweep of uh, eBay and your Dalek in question... Uh, that somebody's got one up for a thousand pounds. Yeah, but it, has it got uh, its so eye stalk missing though? It has. It wow, has. a thousand pounds! <laughs> it's quite impressive, isn't it? Yeah. Bye bye, Dalek. <laughs> bye bye, little Dalek. Lovely knowing yeah. you. Yeah, the competition's cancelled now. <laughs> uh, well, it can only it, it can only increase in in value if it gets all its appendages, appendages, doesn't it? Appendages. Yeah. Pestures is the French Pestures. word, and, apparently. And attraction as well. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's getting lovelier by the minute. <laughs> I mean, I miss it. Ron's but... looking shinier. When I think of the fortune <laughs> I could have had, because, you know, when I first did the voices for all those Dalek toys, they they sent me very generously, I mean, loads of them. My flat, the whole hallway was just filled with boxes of them. I gave most of them away to, you know, friends who had... I didn't have a kid then, and, and friends who had children. I would just call them up and say, does your, um, 
does your son daughter like Dalits? They go, oh yeah, love them, love them. I said, well, do you, do you want to? Fr- what's your address? And I, you know, and I, I was, I felt like I was Santa Claus, and I get these lovely letters back from people going, oh my goodness, we just got a Dalek. I even gave one to my local garage because my father always used to say to me, you know, if you've got a local garage who are good to you and good with your car, and they were excellent, uh, always tip them. So I always used to give them a little tip. But one day I said to them, um, have any of you got kids into, you know, Daleks and stuff? And they went, yeah, yeah, because Doctor Who was ultra big at that time. It was a big, you know. And uh, I went, hold on, and just got in the car and sort of gave them this thing, and they were sort of like, Gobsmacked. So I was, yeah, I was an all year round Santa Claus and gave away my fortune. <laughs> well, you should be commended for that. Uh, that. That's what I was angling for, Colin. Yeah. Mind you, every time I left the studios when we were doing Doctor Who, I would walk past a skip outside because they'd open up the dock doors and the skip was there to chuck all the stuff in that they weren't going to use again. If I'd loaded that into my car each time, I too would have been the beneficiary of large (laughs) sums of money. (laughs) Oh, fantastic. There you go. Thank you for sharing that, Colin. Um, But that's my little Dalek. Yeah, it's a beautiful and touching story and hopefully we can find uh, his or her other uh, appendages. Um, uh, will you stick with us for the podcast and generally um, interrupt us? I'll do my best. Okay. Yeah, for a while, <laughs> if it's interesting. This now is the Good Review Guide, finding the latest positive Ooh. comments about Big Finish Productions to help recommend them for you. And this week, as promised, it's Doctor Who, The Lost Stories, Return of the Cybermen. Is that one of mine? No. From Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who, The Lost Stories, Return of the Cybermen. I wouldn't mind going home for a bit. Oh, don't be a drip, Harry. We have a whole universe to explore. Commander! Commander, you need to get up here. It's the plague. Captain Warner's got the plague. Back on good old space station, Nerva. Harry! Doctor! Sarah! What are you doing? Destroying our intruders. Oh, seems you were right, old girl. Never miss the obvious, do you, Harry? Why do you want to kill us? Silence, Kilman, and put the gun away. I'm in command here. You too, Lester. His nerves. I can actually see all the nerves in his face. Black, swollen, and branching like trees. I've seen this before. I know I have, but where? I've lost most of our crew from it. We're all that's left now. And have you had medical help from Earth? What's your name? Sarah. No! Ah! Ah! Get off me! What's that? A uh, thing, a silver thing. Sick boy. Doctor, that's where we left Sarah. Let's go. You're not going anywhere. Listen to me. Let's try this. Cybermat. Did I say that? Why would gold have any effect on these creatures? I'll show you. See him. Doctor. I'm thinking. Sarah's dangerously ill. Don't you care? Harry, of course I care, but we what? must do something now. Now look here. Shh, shh, shh. What's in those cupboards? Kelman! Doesn't your gun work? Of course it works. Cease firing. Fancy meeting you Cybermen like this. (laughs) We were not ready to meet you. What a pity. Help me! Come on, Harry! (laughs) That's incredible. It's moving. (laughs) Doctor! Now, there's a cyber leader. You should have learned by now. Resistance is useless. Now, Sarah... Well, if you're just going to stand there, you don't mind if I start getting dressed, do you? Uh... (sighs) 
thought that might work. Forgive me, gentlemen. You might possibly wonder what I'm doing under your table, but would you believe it? I'm a furniture inspector. He must be destroyed. No! Goatse! We're all doomed. Oh, it's no good, Doctor. But there's only one thing, the gold dust. We need that for the Cybermen. We won't get to the Cybermen if we don't stop the Cybermen. A little optimism never hurt anyone. Hang on, I've got an idea. Now, don't you boys let me down. Oh! No! No! Silence! You have just 60 seconds to bring us back on course. You use that one's gun and join me. Together we can take the control room. Now, come on! We're getting really close to that asteroid. Yes, on any other day, it would probably be quite an impressive view. You cannot destroy me! I can think of nicer places to end up. So try to make sure we don't end up there, then! Big finish. We love stories. For this treachery, nobody leaves never. <laughs> Mind you, I wouldn't want you talking about one of mine when I'm here. Well, <laughs> we'd only say nice things, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> Only because I'm here. Oh. Can't can't win. Can't win. <laughs> can't win. <laughs> Come on, get on with it. <laughs> but just go to bigfinish.com, type Return of the Cybermen into the search pane at the top to take yourself right back to the good old days of 1975. So first up is uh, Big Blue Pop... Blue, blue, I can't even say it. Blue, Big Blue, blue, blue Box blue. Podcast.co.uk. Blue, 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 blue. Uh, Jordan Shortman here. Return of the Cybermen is a story that is excellent from start to finish. At no point did I find myself not enjoying Phew. it. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's good things, it's good things. Even down to the excellent music design, which evokes both Carrie Blyton's score for Revenge as well as Dudley Simpson's. That was unique. That's wasn't I did it, I do the music for that, yes. This is why it's in here, Colin, you see. This is um, all about from me. the excellent, <laughs> excellent performances that honour the actors who are no longer with us, to Tom Baker proving why he is such a powerhouse doctor the excellent adaptation of Jerry Davis's original script by John Dorney. Everything adds up to make a truly fantastic and engaging story that does make you wonder why ever did we end up with Revenge of the Cybermen instead? Yeah, that hmm. seems to be uh, what we did, Colin. There was a particular story from Tom Baker's first season which the script editor totally rewrote and the original version of the script was significantly different and we did an audio version of the original version of it ah but i had interesting i had to say controversially that while working on it because i directed it and did the sound design and music i i uh, i understood it was robert holmes who rewrote it and at every turn oh, i understood well. why robert holmes had rewritten it because even though it's a fan f fascinating curiosity piece to have the original script i think that robert holmes's rewrites were much better than the original I hope that's not too controversial. And of course, you you worked on had Robert Holmes write for you, didn't you? Oh, Robert Holmes was the the writer of my period, really. Yeah. Um, I know he was at the end of his uh, glorious reign as a writer when he got to me, but uh, he he was a man who, well, he, he he would have were he writing now. I'll bet you the current producers would have used him because. You know, he wrote about issues that other people dodged away from. And that yeah. is very much de rigueur now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, an incredible writer. 
Uh, WhoReview.com, uh, Daniel Mansfield, says, All in all, Return of the Cybermen is an incredibly nostalgic, era-accurate return to season 12, perfectly recreating that time in the show's history, complete with wonderful recastings of Sarah Jane and Harry. After all this time, it's truly fantastic to finally hear the fourth Doctor, Sarah and Harry, back together fighting the Cybermen. And in spite of everything else... That's what I loved about this story the most. Highly recommended. In spite of everything else, what does that mean? What's that mean? <laughs> well, I wasn't in it, was I? Oh, is that in spite of Colin Baker not being in it? Absolutely. Uh, there we go. Four stars. Four lovely golden stars. They're very impressive. Delicious. Almost good enough to eat, like biscuits. Yes. <laughs> Biscuit stars. Hmm. A warpfactor.com. Tony Filer, son of Bill Filer, says uh, <laughs> Return of the Cybermen says flyer. is a hard flyer, punching. not Filer. No, it's not. It is, it, is, it is Tony it, Flyer, but we. Well, Nick can explain. Isn't it actually Filer and it's been mistyped? I, I have to admit, I think it is the first time I've seen it as Flyer. It was Flyer last week, and I'm sure it's a mistyping. I'm going to now look up. Carry on, read. read yes. Go on, read it out. This is a, a long standing podcast. We'll, we'll explain the um, joke to Colin in a minute, and you'll think it's <laughs> hilarious, Colin. You, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> Return of the Cybermen is a hard-punching, balmy story which takes a different tack on a well-known adventure, gives you gifts galore along the way, and delivers a soundtrack that makes you cheer. But no biscuits. But no biscuits and no Colin Baker. No. I mean, no. that's why there are no stars next to this no. in the script. You see, no. there's nothing there. But Tony, Fi it is Filer, and it's just been mistyped. Uh, well, I was... I'm a great fan of Tony Flyers. I think Tony Flyer. <laughs> I think he'll, time he wrote I think he'll go far. Or <laughs> 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 um, very high, anyway. Uh, uh, there was in it. Uh, right, this is this is absolutely killing something with an explanation, but I'm I'm in the mood to do it. In a John Pertwee story entitled "The Claws of Axos," do you know this one? Can't I know the the name of the. Program, but that's all about all what, I know what, about Doctor it. Who. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, there was a, there was an American character in it called Tony Fi. No, no, sorry, called Bill Filer. <laughs> Get it right, Briggs. Uh, Bill Filer, right? And he's played by an English actor, but he put on this American accent. He sort of spoke like this. Hey, Doctor, Doc, we gotta get, get the accents, you know, and all this. Was, and and so that was very good. <laughs> well, it was only as good as Bill Filer was. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he kept thought, was he really from America? I don't think so. <laughs> um, and so when I saw the name Tony Filer years ago, I said he must be the son of Bill Filer, which is, of course is bonkers because Bill Filer is a fictional character. But. <laughs> we, <laughs> So we have decided that Tony Filer is the son of a fictional character. And what we haven't worked out yet is whether Tony Filer, not Tony Flyer, ever listens to the podcast and is aware of this, in inverted commas, hilarious joke we keep making about his name. I mean, he's never delivered any feedback or no. writs or... No, exactly. <laughs> Did, said we're cyber-bullying him or something. Uh, anyway, so sorry about that, uh, Tony, but uh, it was a great review. Always writes great reviews. He's a really, and I don't mean just because he's positive, he's an intelligent and. And pithy. Yes, very pithy. 
Yes, never takes the piss. Um, <laughs> no. uh, Companion.com. Andrew Ooh. Andrew Shea says, I consider Return of the Cybermen to be a strong start for the latest batch of the Lost Stories range. It's a fantastic way for Big Finish to welcome Sadie and Christopher to the main cast. That's Sadie Miller, by the way, the daughter of Liz Sladen. I knew her when she was a little girl. Yeah, well, I knew oh. her when she was a teenager. Yeah, so it's funny now. Now she's a mother of two. Yeah. And uh, revisit the early draft scripts, is, is what Andrew Shea says. Yeah, she's doing a fantastic job of... Um, performing in the role that that her mother played Uh, she's super she's really good benji here's a nice big one for you to read the big old big old boy here news.doctorwhoonline.co.uk robert elm slater um i think you're fine eminent thank you colin you're on it he's not a tree (laughs) (laughs) maybe he is i mean the way we the way we go with with podcasts you mean the son son of a fictional character or in fact a piece of vegetation (laughs) A, a Welsh tree, tree. <laughs> El- Elmlin, Elmlin. <laughs> Colin. Uh, Return of the Sidemen is an enjoyable, interesting look at what could have been with great performances from the whole cast: Tom Baker, Sadie Miller, and Christopher Naylor in particular. Briggs's Cybermen were a menacing presence oh, throughout, you. and Kelman, as Nicholas Grace, was a great villain for the Doctor to come up against. I, for one, would love to see some more alternative takes on classic stories if they're going to be anything like this one. I'm also hoping for more adventures with the fourth Doctor, Miller's Sarah Jane, Naylor's Harry Sullivan in the near future. The sixth series of The Lost Stories is definitely off to a good start. 8 out of 10. See, I'd say that was a 10 out of 10 review, wouldn't you, Carl? That's a very good and long review. I was wondering yeah, where I the think... two went, yeah. Yeah, what was... Yeah. What was oh, wrong? I know why. What? I wasn't in it. Hey! Hey! There we go. I knew it. I knew it. With Colin Baker's special guest star as the man in the cupboard. Um, right. Uh, the, what? Uh, the digitalfix.com Ben Greenland says, it makes you wonder why this script was so drastically rewritten. I don't think it does. And why this version was never kept. I think it's obvious. As it's by far a superior version of what was a bit of a dull story. I just, I beg to differ. I think Revenge of the Cybermen was a much better script, but there you go. But I loved working on this. It was great fun. Almost everything has been improved, uh, though a moment of sadness must be noted for the loss of the truly iconic Doctor Who and the Massage of Doom scene, which is where... The Massage of Doom? Yeah, which is where... <laughs> which is where one of the Cybermen, uh, played by an actor called Christopher Robbie. Did you ever work with Christopher Robbie? No. He grabs Tom Baker by the by the shoulders and sort Ooh. of jiggles him around and it looks like he's giving him a massage it's meant to be really hurting the doctor but it's all a bit ludicrous anyway uh, sticking in line with what the story was originally going for uh, which makes sense when you think about it because Revenge was actually following the guidelines of return the quality of the finished product should be lauded and praised as one of the finest adaptations and lost stories ever put to ear that's a nice... Put to ear. What a phrase. I like that. Because... Oh, I'm putting you all to ear at the moment by talking to you. <laughs> now, yes, from Big Finish Productions, we put to ear Doctor Who. <laughs> I want to hear that. I like it. Could be our new... Thank you, Ben Greenland. Nice. He has a son, you know, called Ben Iceland. Little chap. <laughs> it's a bit of a chilly relationship they have, though. <laughs> I'll bet they do. Oh. <laughs> well, sci-fi bulletin.com. Paul Simpson 
says those sneaky tin men or as i like to say tinmen are back in a superficially similar but actually very different tale that comes together very well nine out of ten she gives it nine yeah Uh, Yeah. where's that one gone well we know why colin because you're not in it hey <laughs> we Sweet are talking, boy. We are cult rocks. He's learned. Stephen Brennan, uh, son of uh, David Brennan, uh, who is um, a supermarket. Wasn't, wasn't funny. Uh, you can tell Nicholas. David Brin- Brennan is a supermarket, is he? <laughs> what does that mean? I, I, re- I realise it means nothing, and, and I would like to be forgiven for even saying it. <laughs> Uh, you can tell Nicholas Briggs had a lot of fun working on this release. I did. His love of revenge. I, I particularly love Revenge of the Sidemen. It's a bit of a it's a bit of a crummy story in a way, but I love it because yeah. I was like twelve or thirteen when I saw it. So you know, his love of revenge really shines through not only in his music, sound design, and direction, but in his cyber performances. That's right. Right, the theme tune. Uh, he manages to do something remarkable: a sassy cyber leader that still comes across as emotionless and threatening. I didn't realise I was sassy. <laughs> it was quite difficult playing the Cybermen because, of course, you've got Tom Baker there wanting to change all the lines and everything. So every time and I change sp- what and change your lines, well, no, just his, I think. Yeah, uh, and I remember actually Tom was finding the whole thing extremely amusing. He he spent a lot of time laughing throughout that one. <laughs> and then whenever I spoke to him, not as the Cyberman, but with the effect on, he couldn't understand a word. I said, <laughs> "Is he talking to me? What what is he saying?" <laughs> <laughs> well, coldbox.co.uk, Ian McArdle yes. says, Return of the Cybermen is an enjoyable tale and a fascinating peek down the road not travelled. Mm. Oh, I like four that. four stars. Mm. That's four a nice... stars. That's a beautifully expressed opinion. It is, isn't it? Uh, yeah, well, it's, it's what, and has the benefit of brevity. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what do you think about those stars, Benji? Sorry, what are you going to say? No, well, just uh, there's four stars there, but, but I mean, they're, they're blue, five, aren't they? There's four four blue ones and one white star. There's I no biscuit there. Stars. Yeah, I think I no think the biscuits. white one's even better. It's probably worth five more. So that's ten stars, I think. Ten yeah. stars. I'm happy with that. So, no, Colin, nine. would you like to, uh, <laughs> to st- four <laughs> and a mathematical genius, Colin yeah. Baker? <laughs> would uh, I like to what? Bugger off! <laughs> would you like to read these ones on Twitter? I've actually written on the script. Oh, go I? on. Yes, I'll read it on Twitter. Yeah. Prince One Keith on Twitter says, Just been listening to the big Finnish Doctor Who Lost Story story, Return of the Cybermen. Sadie underscore Lady One and at C Naylor Actor, there's a chap who knows what he is, <laughs> absolutely brilliant as Sarah Jane and Harry Sadie's mum. As Sarah Jane and Harry. Sadie's mum and Ian Martyr <laughs> must be so proud of them, true. And to know their characters are in such safe hands. That's rather nice. It is. Their bell of time. What does that mean? <laughs> At the, their bell of time. The, the rebel of time. <laughs> it's, oh, looks like their bell, doesn't it? It does. Their it bell does, of time. It does. <laughs> <laughs> At the rebel of time, Return of the Cybermen, 10 out of 10. Get in. Holy, this was incredible. Holy something. Holy moly. Yeah, nice. I love the writing in this. It's obviously miles better than Revenge, but holy cow. Ah, that's what's holy. Really, really love this. The TARDIS team are great in this. This is the definite finale for season 12. Mm. Do you agree, Nick? Well, uh, yes. I'll just say yes. (laughs) Safe, safe. Right, and we've got Justin B. Quinnick 
Justin B. Quinnick. Mm. Return of the Cybermen, adapted by uh, John Dorney. I know John, he's a good writer. The Big Finish is throwback Doctor Who goodness. Throwback goodness. I I like that. Do you have throwback goodness? Every day. Good. On my cereal. It gives off such good energy. Troughton era vibes blended with charming early Tom nostalgia produce something delightfully new out of the familiar. Oh, it's got a nice turn of phrase. Mm. Absolutely loved it. And it's tiny, tiny little stars. I can't count It looks like five of them. Five. five. It's five. But they're tiny stars. Well, Benji often thinks that they've stubbed their toe or something at the end of the... (laughs) (laughs) And omitted to... Yes. Yes. It's a naughty word, basically. Yes. Oh, there's another one here. Harvey Who 03. Return of the Cybermen is a fantastic story. 45 years overdue. Mm. An incredible job from all involved. The music. Thank you. Is that you, Nick Bernichon? Oh, um, let me just check. Mm. Yes, apparently Mm. it was. (laughs) Did you put this in, Nick? I I am actually Harvey Who 03. (laughs) (laughs) But most importantly, Sadie and Nate. Seen the Doctor for taking up two beloved characters, absolutely doing them justice. Nice. And I think, Benji, it's time you said something. <laughs> well, I'll say something. That's it for the reviews this week. Thank you so much, Colin, for, for joining us on the Twitter sphere there. Uh, more next time when we take a look at another lost story from the Tom Baker era uh, The Doomsday Coalition, adapted from John Lloyd's original storyline by Nev Fountain. Coming up soon, it'll be listeners' emails. But first, we go behind the scenes with The Diary of River Song, Series 9, New Recruits. Oh, I like River Song. She's brilliant. Hello, my name is Alex Kingston and I play Professor River Song. Hello, my name is Daisy Ashford and I play Dr Liz Shaw. Why are you here, Dr Song? That nice soldier at the gate let me in. Very funny. You know what I mean. I'm here because I want to help. And because it sounded like fun. Fun? You don't think it's fun? Foiling alien invasions, discovering odd and exciting things the rest of the world knows nothing about, (laughs) explaining the unexplained. Not when it gets people killed, no. The Bloodwoods is about an archaeology expedition. Yes, a body has been found, and it's a body of a young man who has aged and actually died of old age, even though he's he's only a, in his 20s. And so River Song has partnered up with um, Dr Liz Shaw and has met the brigadier for the first time. So they go off to try and discover what's going on and why there's this, um, this prematurely dead, aged body. Then they come upon a sort of Sutton Hoo type archaeological site. I'm Elizabeth Miles, and I'm the writer of River Song, The Bloodwoods. Miss Song, Miss Elizabeth Shaw, our scientific advisor. Hello. And don't worry, I'm not after your job. I'm your new assistant, and it's Dr Song. You'll forgive my lack of enthusiasm. I only heard about this today, and I didn't ask for an assistant. When they they first meet, there's tension between River Song and Liz Shaw because Liz is pretty put out that with the doctor away, here she is, getting to be unit scientific advisor at last. And what does the brigadier do? 
he recruits this random person to to come in and help her and she's like don't don't you trust me to do this on my own didn't you originally hire me solo to do this job and now you're like oh she can't do it with the doctor away by herself so because of that she's resentful of river being there at first you can't just go digging on someone else's land <laughs> i absolutely can and you think we can find what's down there and get it out before sir edward turns up all you're going to do is get unit tied up in bureaucracy and legal problems. I'm really not someone who pays attention to red tape. We are being discreet, remember? I thought the idea of using 1970 Doctor Who and River Song was a fantastic one. Liz Shaw and River Song are two of my very favourite Doctor Who characters, so having them hang out together and going on adventure was uh, tremendously fun and exciting. And uh, I think as, as characters go, their interactions were really interesting to me because they've got a lot of similarities in that they're um, they're both these incredibly intelligent, uh, competent and self-assured people. But there's a lot of contrast in that their experiences of life are dramatically different in the societies that they're used to and how they, they interact with other people and how they've, how they've had to fight for who they are in very, very different ways. River, you know, brought up to murder the doctor not the greatest childhood one could have had and liz is living at a time when she's a woman in the hard sciences at a point where english law was still very biased against women i think the equal pay act only came out in is that 1970 i'm probably misremembering that but but the point being they've both had to face these these challenges that have shaped who they are they're very different so whilst fundamentally very similar people the way they interact and deal with uh, this danger and uh, and world destroying stuff is very different so obviously that's that's a lot of fun for when they're working in a partnership together and you have that you have that bit of friction there they do actually resonate with me because uh, John Pertwee was certainly, he was my doctor really growing up. In fact, I remember one particular episode of his where, I think it was his, I don't think it was Tom Baker, where there were giant maggots and um, that terrified me. Uh, and I still look down an underground tunnel and see if I can spot a giant maggot. <laughs> My name's Ken Bentley and I have just finished directing The Diary of River Song Series 9. How how can I how can I put it? It's it sort of it just puts a smile on your face when you think of River Song visiting the 1970s and um spending a bit of time in the company of Liz Shaw. Rowanstein may be in the middle of nowhere, but it still has all the modern conveniences. You can't just steal Borrow. What I... All right. I won't. You're lying, aren't you? <laughs> Afraid so. <laughs> I've worked on a bit of Third Doctor and Joe, but I've not, to my knowledge, worked on any Third Doctor and Liz Shaw. So the there's a sort of new relationship. Well, a new character for me, but also the the relationship between River and Liz is, is something something completely new. So it was sort of as probably wide-eyed about it as Liz Shaw was. The the other thing that I think is fantastic about about fusing these two eras is. They have very, very different identities. Obviously, River Song, modern Doctor Who, quite free-spirited and uh, very flirtatious. And she has even less respect for authority than Liz Shaw. And she's used to violence and inflicting it herself. 
as well as having the freedom to, you know, travel around wherever she likes. She's got that kind of, she's got, she's got an experience of the universe. What she has less experience of is the season seven Unitera, whenever that may be set. And Lysha has a lot of experience with it. And I think there's particular challenges there that Liz is uh, more adept at dealing with than River. I think one of the lovely things about the world of Doctor Who is how much affection the actors have for the characters they've created and how enthusiastic they are to come back and play those characters. And that's the same for, for all of them. But Alex is, she's lovely to work with, but she's, she's like, it's, I don't know how to describe it. There's an energy to Alex that's, that's really infectious. She's like a sort of Duracell bunny and so sort of lively and engaged in what in the in the story and in what's going on and and in having fun and making sure everybody else is having fun these things always work from the top down if the your leads are enjoying themselves then every, it gives everybody else license to enjoy themselves and the wonderful thing about working with Alex is that she she comes into the studio at the beginning of the day with all of that energy and enthusiasm and and it, it just opens the door for everybody else to have fun Well, just go to bigfinish.com and type in new recruit into the search pane at the top and it'll be one of the options that you find <laughs> this is just always the website isn't it bizarrely blake seven and tortured vigil yeah. as well uh what on earth's going on with the big finish search I engine i don't know it's it's, it's terrible it, it isn't used it? to it, it got repaired and you because know, there was once upon a time you type you type doctor who in and you'd get survivors instead you know and then we got it fixed and it was absolutely spot on and it seems to be going wayward again i don't know why that's happening so you type in new recruit and you get three blake seven releases and torchwood vigil and then new recruits why why there must be something in the blurbs of those stories that says and the new recruits on the liberator or something i don't know yeah anyway they're very literal aren't they those search engines I think we could do better. Maybe in the future we will do. <sighs> Bit of self-flagellation there. <clears throat> I'm just waiting for you to well, say those two words. <laughs> you just couldn't say those two words. Anyway, Nick. There go. Hi there. As much enthusiasm as I can muster. <laughs> yes. Anyway, ben- anyway Benji. <laughs> anyway, Colin. Anyway. <sighs> it, yes. Yes. It's time for listeners' email. <laughs> Oh, we love emails over here. Colin, do you like emails? I like emails. There you go. Well, Colin do, likes emails. You have thousands of the blighters every day. <laughs> Who are they from? Me too. You I, can't can't I, get rid of there's them. There's a missing word. I like deleting emails. <laughs> That's the word. <laughs> Is it spam? You get a lot of spam. I do. You need a spam filter. Even then, they don't really work, do they? Well, I find I just get loads of marketing emails from things that I've bought and forgot to untick the uh, box yeah, that yeah. says, don't send me stuff about this. And I've yet to understand why something I really, really was waiting for disappeared into junk for no uh. reason at all. Somebody I speak to regularly, replying to an email of mine, it goes into junk. Yeah. I know, that's really but, weird, isn't it? It's like it's like every time I'm sent a clean feed link to go to a big finish recording, it goes into yep. my junk email. So does always, mine. Always, yeah. And you think it would have learnt by now because the number of times I click the thing saying no, this is not junk, but it's still 
Okay, that's a sorry state of affairs, isn't it, Benji? The, the big Finnish ser email server is particularly vicious. Sometimes I end up in a situation where I can't get emails from anyone who doesn't have a big Finnish address. <laughs> so I'm thinking, it's a, bit, it's a bit quiet today. And then I look at the junk folder, so all these people going, where are you? I've been trying to, you know. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> Benji. Nightmares. Well, well, hopefully, fingers crossed, if you want to send us an email, uh, just send it to podcast at bigfinish.com can't guarantee that it won't go to spam but we'll certainly try <laughs> <laughs> who knows quite frankly that's podcast at bigfinish.com so first up Colin would you like to read this one ooh well this one that says Nick and Benji hi there that one uh, that would be wonderful yeah, yeah. well it hi should there. say it should say to Colin quite frankly it is I it is I the outsider I am no longer in Benji's head. No, sorry. I am no longer in Benji's shed. I'm pleased to announce... I'm pleased to announce... <laughs> you sprung well. this on me. That, this proves that I read the big Finnish scripts. Because I, I do them slightly better than I'm doing this. <laughs> A lot and, better, I would say. <laughs> and I have new questions for my friends. My first question... Questions are for Nick. When you are a Dalek... What is your favourite thing to say? Is it exterminate? Or is it when a Dalek dies and you get to say, <laughs> Which is um, quite literally what he wrote. It I is. <laughs> it's the woo at the end. And God, I've never seen so many exclamation marks in my life. Um, I love saying exterminate. It's especially if they, there's lots of exterminates and they crescendo and everyone gets very excited when they hear that on set. I so don't you know, don't I, like I, the, can we hear the other one, please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see why you prefer exterminate. <laughs> but any, I quite like it when they say new, interesting things that you wouldn't expect them to say. Hello, darling. Yeah. Things like that. <laughs> Give us a kiss. Yeah, that sort of thing, yeah. Not bad, no. Uh, he's got one for Benji now. When Nick is a Dalek, and there is a Dalek crowd scene, and they all must say exterminate, does Nick sit there and say it over and over in different voices? Or do you have thousands of exterminate digital samples that you can just dump into the scene and layer over each other? Very good question. Well, bit, I have to say, both, I'll I give think. it... I'll give it to give it to Nick on this one. He always provides, no matter what what the production is, he will always provide you with loads of extra Dalek lines and exterminates and bits and bobs. So you've always got it there to use. Um, hats am, off I, to you, Nick. Thanks, you mate. are good like I, that. I am tempted to say you've got plenty of those. I'm not saying that again. <laughs> but, but no, <laughs> that would just be unreasonable and a bit premature. My, fav my favourite one ever of of you, Nick, was when you you had to do some Daleks for a game or something, and at the end of the day. You said, oh, I'll just I'll just do it all now. I'll do it now. And you just sat down and did wall-to-wall -wall Dalek voices for probably about 40 minutes, mm. just sitting there non-stop. And at the end, went, right, okay, I'm off now. <laughs> it's just so bizarre. Oh, that was right, in the studio, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. gosh. Yeah. Sorry, Colin, you were going to... No, I, I was going to say that having done Dalek stories with you, um, the, the circumstance, even though it's one word... And you think the Dalek says it exactly the same every time. He doesn't. Because the Dalek is responding to something that's been said to him. Or yeah, has yeah. a differing attitude. And you deliver that. And if you took stock stuff, it probably wouldn't work as well. 
it, no, it would I mean, work, people wouldn't, yeah, but not it as well. Work, but yeah, it has to be specific. That's why when we do the TV show, it's nicer if I'm on set. I can't always be for various reasons, yeah. you know. Busy, busy man, reasons. busy man. Lots of things yeah. to do. Indeed, but it is better if I'm there. And it always, it's nice as well, just from an ego point of view as a performer, that people always react nicely when they hear that, you know, that yeah. voice echoing around the set. It's lovely. Anyway, sorry, on with the email. On a different subject, yeah. <clears throat> on a different subject, Big Finish has adapted a number of the Virgin NAs and MAs. New adventures and what's the MA? Massage adventures. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Loads of Cybermen doing this. Yes. New adventures and... Mm, anyway. But yeah. have you Miss, ever... Con- missing adventures. Missing ah, adventures. Oh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. have you ever considered adapting any of the BBC 8 and past Doctor adventures? Seeing would be amazing, seeing in eye. my humble opinion. It's called Seeing Eye, he's put. Seeing Eye. I'm not even aware of that story. Seeing eye would be amazing. Imho. Well, Imho. Click Google says it's a book from 1998. Who's there it by? Go. By Jonathan Blum and Kate Orman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, Kate. Haven't yes. heard of her for a while. No. I think she. I think she's written a script for us somewhere in the pipeline. Anyway, um, <clears throat> I. we had a problem with the... Uh, the the book adaptations in that they didn't sell as much as we expected which is why we discontinued that range and it's a bit of an old podcast joke that people are asking those who like the novel adaptations are very vociferous in their their comments and needs for them but it's not reflected in the sales bizarrely so however i mean over a period of time i was reminded the other day in a production meeting they have done well because things do over a period of time they eventually sell they sell very well in sales that's when they're discounted Um, but uh, yeah, so I wouldn't rule out doing things like that. Not particularly seeing eye, which I've just discovered. Um, but yeah, I think that is the end of my answer. <laughs> well, answer um, the outsider is going back to his shed now. He says, but he has a PS. Is Clayton Hickman nice? He seems like he'd be nice. <laughs> well, what do we think? I mean, Clayton. Well, Hickman's I like f- him. Yeah, he's a too. nice chap. I think he lives in Sheffield or Yorkshire, somewhere up there. Does he live up there now? I saw him up there a few years ago. Oh, look, there's a Sainsbury's coming up my drive. Everyone look. (laughs) Um, Shopping. He he used to be the editor of Doctor Who magazine, for those of you who don't know. And Clay also, he does a lot of colourising of old uh, uh, Doctor Who photographs and, and post them on twitter and it's beautiful work he's a very very talented man and i you know clay and i haven't seen each other for years and years and years but we used to live very close we used to live walking distance from each other in southeast london and i would often trot round the road to uh, sit with clay and and watch some old doctor who or just have a good old gossip he is lovely man and he loves doctor who through and through and uh, you know and so yeah. he and i have a lot of in common but yeah not seen him for years and years i think the last time i saw him we hadn't seen each other for years and years before and he just stared at me strangely like my goodness it's nicholas briggs i haven't seen <laughs> you for ages but yeah he was always lovely to me as editor of doctor who i last saw him at a funeral i can't remember which funeral it was oh goodness anyway I try and lift the mood, Benji. 
I'll try. I'll, I'll try. <laughs> so what's next well, up, Benji? Well, next up on this one is from uh, Joanna Ortner. Uh, subject to this one is Edwardian Adventures, or is it Adventures? No Indeed, less. Indeed, it is. Uh, there we go. Could be Adventures with with an extra S. You, you never know. You never know on on podcasts. Well, do you know the funny thing is that the the latest box set that uh, she's referring to, which is called the the, uh, the Further Adventures. And I corrected it when it came to me because I thought it was a mistake where they'd accidentally put an S on the end. And Alan Barnes said, no, no, that's a joke, you see. Further adventurous. And he said, I will have a bare-knuckled fight with anyone who wants to change that. (laughs) (laughs) And and did you have a bare-knuckled fight? No, no, we just uh, we we stuck with it. We didn't want any violence. People might have paid to see that, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And bare-knuckled fight wasn't exactly the term he used, but I feel constrained by uh, morality not not to mention the, the actual (laughs) That's probably probably very wise. Well, uh, hi, Nick and Benji. I'm absolutely thrilled to see that uh, Charlie Pollard return. Um, Although I haven't even finished the original storyline, but I can only imagine the joy this announcement brings to all the fans who have waited such a long time to see Charlie and the Eighth Doctor reunited. I pre-ordered the new Charlie adventure, of course, um, but since I've only started listening to Big Finish last year, uh, I was wondering um, where these stories will fit in the overall timeline. The last thing I listened to was the beautifully crazy madhouse that is Zagreus Scherzo. I think it's pronounced Skirzo. Skirzo, isn't it? Skirzo. Like Skirts. With so Skirtso. Ah, see, I'm I'm terrible with these sorts of things. No one knows uh, how managed... to pronounce skirt, so that's <laughs> true. Well, it's, you it's just a, did. A... I know, but it's only my idea. There's probably about three other versions out there. No, no, it's skirt, so I think you're fine. Uh, that is correct. Uh, uh, lots of people say it differently. It has to be said. Do they? In in the in the Doctor Who context, not oh. in the musical context. Oh yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, Penji. Well, back I've managed to you. This... Well, I've managed to stay clear of any spoilers so far. Well, not me personally, but the, the email has. Uh, will the new box be after the original arc with the Eighth Doctor ended? Uh, uh, with the girl who never was, I believe? Or somewhere in between? Or is it all timey-wimey anyway? I'm really looking forward to this, even if I maybe need to wait until I've listened to the to all the other audios. Mm-hmm. Uh, same goes for Stranded 3 in December. I cannot wait. Um... Thanks to everyone working at and with Big Finish for bringing us all these amazing and beautifully crafted stories. And thank you for the podcast. For more than a year now, it's been the first thing I do every Monday morning Yay. when I sit down and begin the new week. Best wishes to you, uh, to all of you on the other side of the channel, Johanna. Yes, there we are. Thank you very much. Um, thank the, you. Uh, the, uh... Colin was making faces during that because, of course, the sixth Doctor had a set of adventures with Charlie Pollard. And, we had and I'm intrigued time. to know, because mm. the sixth Doctor still doesn't know what that was all about. No. And I'm wondering whether he ever will. Well, he can't really, because otherwise when the eighth Doctor met Charlie, he'd go, oh, I met you when I was in my sixth incarnation, you see. Well, he has um, anyway. What? Well, why doesn't he do that? Well, because we've already done that True. adventure. We've and, already and done mine. <laughs> well, in the, in the first Paul McGann adventure with Charlie Pollard, he doesn't say that. So that's, how do you justify him, her being with me then? Well, 
to well in the story you never as you say you never found out did you yeah but I still know she's Charlie Pollard <laughs> so, yeah something happened I can't remember <laughs> <laughs> there's a laugh of glee from I, I just wanted there to be an explanation there's not going to be one is there not, not today no uh, but uh, <laughs> I will issue a full report uh, mm. uh, leather bound um, the where they're set in the these new Eighth Doctor ones, the Further Adventurous, it's called, um, they are set uh, just after the first batch of adventures with Charlie. So they are set back in time. So there's no timey-wimey thing. There isn't because, yeah. So thank you. So after, after me then? Oh, definitely. Uh, no, before you. Before eight, you for Eight her. is after six. I know, but that was, that's the timey-wimey thing. That the, she... She just finished her adventure. She's he's just laughing and enjoying me squirming. <laughs> she just had her last adventure with the Eighth Doctor. Thought she'd lost him forever. The TARDIS materializes. She thinks oh, he's come back. She goes into the TARDIS and finds you. You see, so she encounters you out of order. Out of order. And finally, uh, this one is from uh, Max Davis Housefield. Although interestingly, it says from D six here. Um, uh, and it says, hi there, Nick and Benji. Hi there. Hi there. Hi there. I am a young American listener, and I absolutely love everything you guys do. I'm especially looking forward to the next volume of The Ninth Doctor Adventures and The Return of Charlie, as mentioned just a moment ago. I play my big finish on an MP3 player, and like all I've found, it won't play the tracks in number order. I won't play the M4Bs. I've had to stick all the tracks in audition and make each story into a single MP3 in order to listen to it pleasantly. It is very time-consuming and kind of makes listening a little less fun. <laughs> Too true. That sounds nightmarish. I was wondering if Big Finish could offer as a download option a one-track-per-story MP3 download. About one hour each, four tracks for a four-story box set set etc i nearly read uh it would make life so much easier for those of us who listen on an mp3 player hope you guys are doing well uh, max davis housefield i mean and uh, not to be at all disrespectful max it sounds to me like you're listening on a very old-fashioned device i mean on in on most devices when you download an m4b which is the audiobook format it automatically opens a program on a mac for example if you just download something like that it opens the audio book program the book program and you just or application sorry i should say and so it's uh, called books i think yeah, yeah. it's called books w why doesn't he use the big finish app well that's a really good suggestion colin yeah. yeah and that's exactly what you should do the big finish app is free um you know for for macs and um pcs uh, and uh, if you've purchased it on the website it's available to you on the app so uh, it presents the stories in 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 the right format, um, uh, but there's no need for a specific M4B compatible device. No, I'd have thought that was the case anyway. But what do I know? <laughs> what he knows is that he can read what's written in the script. <laughs> Sue Cowley. Oh, you uh, gave me away. <laughs> Sue Cowley provided that wonderful answer. I hope that helps, Max. Use the app and you should be fine. And I'm so sorry that you've had to go to all that trouble 
what a pain but it shows some dedication so I, I'm impressed and heartened uh, by your love for Big Finish thank you I think we all are yeah mm. I am uh, definitely that's it for the emails this week more next time Still to come on the podcast, the Randomoid Selectatron giving you 25% off a randomly selected Big Finish release. And we dramatise you with the first 15 minutes of Torchwood, the Great Sontaran War. But first, it's uh, time for Also Available. This week, we take a look at the recently released Third Doctor Adventures. Last week, we went behind the scenes with Conspiracy in Space. This week we thought we'd take a look at The Devil's Hoof Prince by Rob Valentine. Mr. Chilton, we're ready. Yes, good. Submerge the superconductor coils and activate circuits one through four. Sir. Circuits one through four activated, sir. We're ready to begin the next run. Proceed. Set current at 30,000 amps. Understood. The trap is baited, my old friend. But will you come? My name's Robert Valentine, and I am the writer of Doctor Who, The Devil's Hoofprints. This story finds the Doctor and Sarah joining the Brigadier for the inspection of a new superconductor laboratory in South Devon, uh, which is run by a man called Chilton, who it turns out is more than he seems. And while the Doctor is very focused on seeing the lab, Sarah's far more interested in a local legend that is connected to something that happened uh, in the area more than a century ago, and uh, in the way that only a Doctor Who story can. Uh, the Doctor and Sarah end up going back to 1855 and uh, becoming directly involved in the Devil's Hoofprints mystery. Hello, I'm Nick Briggs and I'm the director of the Devil's Hoofprints. My family has lived in these parts for over 200 years and if there were a ghost, trust me, we plim trees would know about it. Unquestionably. As often happens at Big Finish, we get lovely casts in. And, and David Richardson, the producer, handles most of the casting for me. He sort of, you know, uh, impatiently waves names past me while I'm busy on several other projects and I have a listen or have a think and uh, he's very patient with me. And, and uh, as a result, we get great actors. And I think we've got a really brilliant supporting cast. I mean, our leads are great. You know, Tim does such a... Tim and I have, dare I say it, I wouldn't say it in front of him, because he'd just be rude. We have a bit of a rapport. Tim and I get on really well, so we work really hard on The Third Doctor together. Sadie is just a delight. You know, she's come to Big Finish with such an open heart and an enthusiasm, and uh, we're really having fun working together, and I think that she just grows and grows as Sarah from one production to the next. Quite amazing. I'm Tim, and I play The Doctor. I'm uh, Sadie Miller, and I play Sarah Jane Smith. I take it that's the place. Well, that's it, all right. The Dowell Tall Superconductivity Lab. What a blot on the landscape. Well, I have to confess, I agree with you. Oh, it's fantastic script by um, Rob Valentine. It's brilliant because it just evokes um, one of the stories that scared the life out of me when I was a kid. Um, one of the unexplained mysteries of the, of the uh, Victorian era about the Devil's Hoofprints, which I remember reading in a book. At a young age, and it, it sent the chills down my spine. It really did. Oh, it's all superstition, far as I can tell. 
I mean, I'd heard of the story too. Um, my mum's dad is from a little place in Devon called Solcombe, and um, there's this great sort of mythology, isn't there, around a lot of these Devonshire mysteries where it's just so spooky as well as being um, science fiction as, as well. Um, and I really enjoy the stories where um, the Doctor goes back to Earth's past and gets to interact with sort of tangible characters that, that we have more of an understanding of while still having that alien element in there as well. Um, so it's a lovely um, mix of things, this adventure. Now, the Devil's Footprints mystery, uh, also known as the Great Devon mystery, uh, was the most well-known, unexplained, spooky occurrence of the Victorian era, and it's right up there in terms of Fortean weirdness with the Loch Ness Monster. And it's uh, said that on the morning of February the 9th, 1855, the people of South Devon woke um, after a snowstorm to find strange hoof prints uh, had appeared across fields, yards, uh, rooftops and haystacks stuff like that, and allegedly they assumed it was the work of the devil. Been spreading the groundless rumour that these so-called hoof marks suggest the presence of the evil one. Uh, the Devil's Hoof Prince um, is one of those storylines because uh, at Big Finish, my job as creative director and executive producer means that I get to read and approve all the storylines relating to the Doctor Who universe. And uh, this was one... Um, that I really enjoyed reading as a storyline. And to be quite frank, not to blow too much hot air up his trouser leg, Rob Valentine has got the knack. You know, he he is a great storyteller. He knows how to engage an audience and he knows how to get that sort of period feel of Doctor Who for the right era, for the third Doctor era. But at the same time, uh, you know, take it a tiny bit further with some of the characters and some of the situations. But it has a, a feel of authenticity about it and you know something that i've heard the cast say it's just a rollicking good yarn i'd wanted to write an adventure story of some kind about this for years so when i was asked to pitch some ideas for the doctrine unit to big finish uh, it was a no-brainer to offer this one up and uh, in terms of research uh, the historian and researcher mike dash published uh, an in-depth investigation into the Devil's Hoofprints mystery, where he studied all the newspaper reports and other sources surrounding it exhaustively. Uh, and so one of my goals with this script, within the context of delivering um, an exciting Third Doctor adventure, was to include as much historical detail and give as many little nods and winks to all the different theories about the actual case as I possibly could. Just go to bigfinish.com and type Third Doctor Adventures into the search pane at the top to find our lovingly crafted Third Doctor Adventures, including this one in the latest volume, Volume 8. Yes, well, quite. Uh, <laughs> but uh, if I didn't know, what's it time for now, Nick? I think it's as if I didn't know. I can't read. Doesn't matter. <laughs> as if I didn't know that already. What's it time for now, Nick? <laughs> Well, Benji, I know it's quite a shocker, but it's the Randomoid Selectatron, where we give you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. Okay, so Colin, uh, to explain this, we used to just randomly select a Big Finish release by going to the website and sort of scrolling around with our eyes closed, which was a bit chaotic. And then one of our listeners created a website called the Randomoid Selectatron. I can't remember her name now. I know her name was Hannah. Hannah Newman. Hannah, Hannah Newman, Newman, that's right. And it was spelt like Neumann, that's right. Wasn't it? Um, that's uh, a clever and lady. She, and she, yeah. And so if you go to this site, you just 
click a button and it randomly selects something from the Big Finish site. So that's what Benji's going to do. Uh, so come on then, what have we got? And here we go. Next one up here is... Oh, it's, it is one of yours, Colin, actually. Hey! What? 25% off? 25% twenty-five percent. add it on, I think, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why not? Uh, 255 Doctor Who, Harry Houdini's War. Oh, I know that one. Yeah. Got, nice. Can you tell us anything about it? No. Well, Harry Houdini is <laughs> in it. Oh, I can't. enough. Harry Houdini. Got Fiona Bruce, uh, Mark Elstob, Glenn McCready, and John Swab. Yeah, they were all Harry in it. Houdini. I remember them. <laughs> you don't remember the story. <laughs> it was set in America, I remember that. And it ended. What? The last scene it was me talking to a policeman in the street, I have a was vague it? memory of. Good Lord. Why uh, do let's I know have that? A, well, uh, through the power of your mind, I would say. The stuff um, that's sitting in there that needs to be ejected to make room for other stuff. <laughs> Let's have a listen to the trailer. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. You can start by telling me about your employer, the magician. Doctor Who, Harry Houdini's war. The doctor? I wouldn't call him my employer. He's more of a, well... We travel together. Your real employer, Miss Brown, the man who pays you to keep his secrets. Tell me about Harry Houdini. (gasps) What? What the devil is it? That, Harry, is a tear in the fabric of space-time itself. A trans-dimensional portal. We're fighting a war, the Great War, kill or be killed. The outcome of the war depends on you, Harry Houdini. So you can hang around back here all night, or you can come with me and save the world. Big Finish. We love stories. That's clever. Yeah, amazing, isn't it? Magic. Harry Houdini's War there, uh, by Steve Lyons, featuring John Schwab as Harry Houdini. John Schwab, really nice man. I met him on um, Dalek. Uh, oh, the, the Christopher Eccleston one, yeah. He, I think that John was the first person to be exterminated by a Dalek in the new series. Yeah. So oh, that go. was the, that was Rob Sherman's story, wasn't it? it? It was, yeah. Based on Jubilee, well, yeah. inspired by. Or, yeah. Inspired by, but I still don't approve. No. Okay. I still think the compassion to a a lone tortured Dalek is preferable to hating it and killing it. There. That's the yeah. difference between Doctor Number Six and whatever he was. Ten? Nine. 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 Eight. Seven. Six. Sorry. Five. Four. It's Thunderbirds all over again. There you go. Right. Um, while I email Jackie at Big Finish to make sure she puts the offer live, which she always does beautifully, Benji, will you explain how you get your discounts? Certainly. All you have to do is go to bigfinish.com. You can find details of the podcast on the home page, or you can click the podcast tab and find it there. Or you can click audiobooks and find it in the Big Finish podcast range. When you've done that, select this week's podcast and click read more. Uh, you can then see that it says the Randomoid Selectatron also features offering you a 25% discount on the selected release. Just click here and enter the code Buck up. It's buck up. B U C K U P. All capitals, no spaces. Just click there, enter the code, and you will get your 25% off. Nice. Provided you stand that. on one leg and rotate 
at three <laughs> miles per hour in an easterly direction. It is a bit like that, isn't it? It, it is. It really is. It's not, it really is. It's not easy. You've got you've got to get over a few hurdles. Did you did you like our um, uh, special code, Colin? I wonder why buck up. It, it was a podcast catchphrase for some reason. I think I was reading out an email where. Uh, a listener was being particularly reprimanding us for something and I ended up going yes buck up being finished buck up <laughs> and and it just became a thing that we just in that very said. loud and aggressive way exactly that's I had oh. to move off the mic to say yeah um but and and the thing was that the the listener hadn't actually said buck up it was just my reading there it just became a thing didn't it anyway t-shirts you can get it everywhere thanks Ran uh, next week's podcast is entitled 12 <laughs> Time Jacked and features the 12th Doctor as played by the brilliant Jacob Dudman in a batch of rather wonderful adventures. Uh, we also delve behind the scenes. Ooh, yeah, It only remains for me to say thank you so much to our special guest star, Colin Baker. Thank you. So who's thank the 12th you. Doctor? Uh, Jacob Dudman does the 12th Doctor voice for us. But, but who is the 12th Doctor? Um, uh, Peter Capaldi. Oh, right. And Jacob Dudman is him. His yeah, real yeah. name is Jacob Dudman, is it? <laughs> That's how Peter Capaldi's real name <laughs> yes. is Jacob Dudman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Have, have you enjoyed your time on the podcast, Colin? Is it over? <laughs> yes. It went so quickly. <laughs> Let's hope it's gone as quickly for those who are listening. <laughs> well, if you can play it at uh, double speed, it will. <laughs> I have, actually. It was quite fun. Well, it was nice to chat to with you here. both and, pleasure yeah, and be listened here. to by all those lovely people out there who keep supporting us. Yeah. Because yeah, we really are doing good. what we love doing, and it's nice that someone loves listening, really, isn't it? Yes, yes. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Otherwise, what would be the point in life? Well, quite, quite. <laughs> well, we've found another point. Well, when you know what it is, let me know, because I'm, I'm, slightly, I'm worrying it. about it slightly. <laughs> they say mud wrestling is quite fun. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I must remember go. to quote, <laughs> quote that. That's that's what we'll put at the top of the story about this. I love mud wrestling, says Colin Baker. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That'll be in the in the star. <laughs> Page three. Page three. How very wrestling. appropriate. <laughs> the star. Well, just time for me. <laughs> We're all quite... stars in our own timeline. In our own lunch times. Off you go then. <laughs> it's it's been fun. Thank you. Thank you so much, Colin. It's been an absolute pleasure having you here. Uh, don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Not you, Colin, everybody else. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to this podcast. Nick and I will be back next week. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from them. Time now for Torchwood, The Great Sontaran War by James Goss. Not much further. Ridiculous planet. Really? I'm quite fond of it. Sontaran intelligence identified this as a pointless backwater of little strategic purpose. It speaks very highly of you. <sighs> if the climate were to be removed... Everyone goes on about the rain. And these natural fortifications were strengthened. Perhaps the seas turned into acid. Then it might make a tolerable muster hatchery. Great news for the Mumbles. I shall mention it in my report. Craig. Major Craig, of the 9th Sontaran Battle Brigade. Major Craig, uh, you won't be making a report. Then why has your leader 
allowed me to live. We don't kill visitors this month. Not executing prisoners. Humans deserve their inevitable destruction. I shall mention that in my report. And Jack reckons we can't keep you imprisoned. You almost see your error. If you do not kill prisoners, your cells fill up. You need bluff me no longer, human. You have brought me to this desolation to kill me. I respect that. I face my death. I shall demand you look me in the eye. Uh, look, I'm really not going to shoot you. Well, unless you want me to. I want you to. Well, bad news. Jack wants you to fulfill your mission. To find out about humanity. And report back to the Sontaran Empire? <sighs> what could possibly go wrong? Which is why I am here. Yes. Um, third row down, two across. Yes, this is it. You'll be safe here. Good place to learn about humanity. Their strategic weaknesses? Why not? Here we are. Your Torchwood safe house. What are these vessels? Shuttlecraft with very inferior construction. Say that. Major Craig, we call it a caravan. Why do humans talk about the weather? Because it's interesting. Santa has no climate. Exactly. I brought you some supplies, and I'm just taking away that radio. I could snap your thorax between my fingers. You could, but I've brought you bourbon biscuits, and rice pudding, and tin soup. Oh, minestrone. Santaran's energized solely through the probic vent. But... We don't want your cupboards to be empty now, do we? I also got you some tea bags. They're the value brand, but you can apologise for that self-deprecatingly when the neighbours come round, and they will love you. Neighbours? The other people here. In the other crashed shuttles, are they also tortured prisoners? No. Humans? Exactly. And we fitted you with a perception filter so that you fit in and can make friends with your neighbours. By inviting them for tea. Santarans do not make the mistake of befriending our neighbours. That is how the Great Santaran War began. Ah, I see. There will be no weakness. There will be no cups of tea. Return to me the radio. No. I was building a communications device. I know. I shall report back to the Santaran fleet. No. Perhaps I shall bring the Great Santaran War against the Rutans to Earth, when I inform them of the information I have gathered so far. Which is? This uh, 
Mumbles Bay Caravan Park. Yes. Over there, old people. They will offer no resistance. They merely observe from behind their net curtains. At the other end of the site are more promising specimens. They are called fruit pickers. They are worthy of more surveillance. The site manager is a man called Mr. Higgins. Of all the people here, he is the one most like a Sontaran. He sounds charming. Tell me more of these caravans. How do they fly? They don't. Ah. And what kind of weapons do they have? None. Curious. Then what is their purpose? People come out in them to enjoy the view. The view? That view. You're scaring me, and you are scaring my bird. I simply wish to know why you have imprisoned this creature. My pet is none of your business. Pet? Are you interrogating it? What information has it given you? Is it of strategic importance? It's a bird. You keep it for food? No. He sings songs. Merely a cultural artifact. Is it caged because you feel others will steal it? I let him out to hop around the caravan. But I don't when the door is open in case he escapes. And reveals your location to his army, bringing retribution. I've had enough, mister. Major Craig. Well, Craig... I'm going to give you a piece of my mind. Explain the process involved. Oh, there you are. Sorry I'm late. You are not late. You are not expected. Yanto Jones. What a lovely bird. Everyone call me Betty. He's called Prince. Betty and Prince. Lovely to meet you. I brought you shopping. Major. I've brought you shopping. Major. Are you Craig's carer? No. Yes. So, making a friend, do we? I was curious about her prisoner of war. It's a pet. Apparently. What is a pet? Hmm, uh, creatures we have around because we like their company. They serve no strategic purpose. Not really. I mean, guard dogs, guard things. They are weapons. <sighs> no, 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 uh, no. Um, Betty Appleby was lying to me. Her bird is a defensive weapon. I see. She must be investigated. No! <laughs> uh, look, make friends with her. Hence the tea bags. Now I understand why you've placed me here. You wish me to interrogate her. And these tea bags, they are primitive truth drugs. No, um, yes. Invite her over, give a cup of tea a whirl, you'll be amazed at what people tell you over one. I shall consider it. Help me unpack this lot. More pointless canned goods? Yes, I couldn't just leave you with minestrone soup. I don't want people thinking you're a, a monster. Had to get you some cream of mushroom, didn't I? And some corned beef. Careful how you open that. 
there. I shall not open it. I still cannot feed. And that's taken care of too. Tosh has rigged this up, a portable power plant to feed your probic vent. See? A portable feeding unit. We do not have them. It might encourage independence from our craft. It could even lead to desertion. Think of it like a snack. Humans carry them around everywhere. I see. Do you take this much interest in all your prisoners? You're not our prisoner. I mean, you are, but you're our prisoner with cream of chicken soup? What is a chicken? It's a bird. Ah, Betty Appleby lied again. Her bird is food. Intriguing. Mm, uh, that bird is not for eating. Explain pets to me again. No. You know why? You wish to torture me with ignorance? No, because I've brought you a laptop. And it's connected via Torchwood to the internet. The internet? All of human knowledge. Habits and customs are on there. Find out who we are. And did I mention it's connected to Torchwood? No trying to connect to the Sontaran fleet. A crude computer interface. It has a gigabyte of RAM. And this box here, search-wise, you can use it to ask any question and find an answer. But be careful that there's a lot of um, misinformation. Lies. Humanity has a mighty supercomputer network, and it uses it to lie to itself. Um, yes. A fascinating weakness. We can look at it together. No, you may go. Right. Right then. <clears throat> Pets. Morning, Betty. Visiting Craig again, are we? Yeah, just checking in. Not from the council, are you? No, no, just, uh, just being friendly. I'm amazed there haven't been complaints. Not being funny, but it shouldn't be allowed. Not when they're not right in the head like he is. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Uh, what shouldn't be allowed? You'll see. Oh, God. Close the door. And good morning to you too, Major. Close the door. Okay. With yourself on the outside. Excuse me? I do not want you here. Also, I cannot have it escape. It what? <clears throat> My pet. You have a cat? The internet is mostly about them. Therefore, I have acquired one. For a search. He makes this noise when I pick him up. I believe it is a pleasure response. You have a cat! You are repeating yourself. The puny human is repeating himself. You have a cat. Does it have a name? Group Marshal Cat. Group Marshal Cat? Of the Knights on Taran Battle Brigade. It is a simple creature, but a born warrior. It appreciates routine. An admirable species. The noise it makes. Mm -hmm. Purring. It is 
soothing. Is it a hypnotic impulse? No, no. It's, it's just what they do when they are happy. It is self-cleaning. These creatures seem in many ways superior to humans. You should destroy them all before they out-evolve you. Mm, I'll, I'll bear that in mind. It observes me when I research the internet. I believe it is learning. Sometimes it prevents me from looking things up when I am getting too close to the truth. <laughs> uh, really? It sits on the keyboard. A crude but effective method. Hmm. Looks like you've got a friend. When I rejoin the Great Santaran War, I shall give it a quick death. That's nice of you. You lot, get out of it. I just want to do go and get that shower. I don't care. This shower block is not for you. Now get back to yours. Mr. Higgins. Ah, creaky boy. Major. I'm just sending this lot on their way. The fruit pickers. Yes. They have a shower block over by their caravans. We don't want to encourage them using this one. You see any of them trying it, you come to me. I do not understand why they would. Exactly, flaming cheek. I approve. The fruit pickers are clearly the warrior elite. Eh? They are physically superior. Even the females are stronger. Uh, they work for a living, some of them. You are too modest. They are fine specimens. You would not want them using our pathetic shower block. Pathetic? Their shower block must be far superior. Uh, right you are, Craigie boy. Hmm. It is correct that warriors are awarded. You are to be commended, Mr Higgins. Warrior elite. If you visit my caravan, I shall be only too pleased to provide you with... tea. And this is cat litter. I do not understand. You'll thank me. Explain. It absorbs waste matter. Ah. 